1: Good morning, my name is Valerie and I'll be your conference operator today. At this time, I would like to welcome everyone to CT REITs Q3 2021 Earnings Results Conference Call. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question during that time, simply press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. To withdraw your question, press star, then the number two. The speakers on the the call today are Ken Silver, Chief Executive Officer of CT REIT, Kevin Salzberg, President and Chief Operating Officer of CT REIT, and Leslie Gibson, Chief Financial Officer of CT REIT. Today's discussion may include forward-looking statements. Such statements are based on management's assumptions and beliefs. These forward-looking statements are subject to uncertainties and other factors that could cause actual results to differ materially from such statements. Please see CT REIT's public filings for a discussion of these risk factors, which are included in their 2020 MDNA and AIF, which can be found on CT REIT's website and on CDAR. I will now turn the call over to Ken Silver, Chief Executive Officer of CT REIT. Ken?
2: Thank you, operator, and good morning, everyone. We're very pleased to welcome you to CT REIT's third quarter 2021 Investor Conference Call. Since the pandemic began, and in spite of the disruption it brought, REIT has added to its successful track record and delivered growth in AFFO per unit, a stronger balance sheet and credit metrics, and distribution increases. Our third quarter 2021 results reflect our solid business model as well as the ongoing economic reopening and recovery. As once again, we recorded no bad debt expense in the quarter, on top of occupancy rates and rent collections at pre-pandemic levels which, in case you thought I wasn't gonna remind you, are above 99%. The hallmarks of CTREIT are not only our resilience and reliability, but our disciplined investment strategy that has seen our portfolio of primarily net lease assets grow since our IPO by over 100 properties and 10 million square feet of GLA. Yesterday, we announced the acquisition of an additional four properties, one from Canadian Tire and three from third parties, which have closed or will close by year-end, totaling 363,000 square feet of incremental GLA, each a prime property in their respective markets. We also announced additional investments to intensify existing CTC-tenanted properties. With these newly announced investments, our total development pipeline grows to approximately a million square feet at an approximate total investment of $300 million. With that, I'm going to turn the call over to Kevin to provide more detail on our investing activities and operations. Leslie will then review the financial aspects of the quarter before turning the call over for questions.
3: Kevin? Thanks Ken and good morning everyone. As outlined in yesterday's press release, we are pleased to announce nine new investments this quarter requiring an estimated $109.5 million to complete. These new projects consist of two Canadian Tire Store expansions where the tenant will take over existing CRU space in both Bowmanville and Kenora, Ontario, and three Canadian Tire Store expansions where we will actually be increasing the gross leasable area of the property in Burlington, London, and Whitby, Ontario. Additionally, we announced the vending of a Canadian Tire Store and Canadian Tire Gas Plus Gas Bar in Goderich, Ontario, and the associated future Canadian Tire Store expansion. Subsequent to the quarter, CTRE completed the acquisition of a Walmart Supercenter anchored property from a third party in Halifax, Nova Scotia. This property is very well located in the heart of Halifax's dominant retail node and serves as a great addition to our portfolio of premier net lease assets. Finally, we are also pleased to announce the acquisition of two Canadian tire stores from a third party located in Airdrie, Alberta and Beauport, Quebec. This transaction remains subject to customary closing conditions, and is expected to close prior to year-end. When completed, all of these investments are expected to earn a weighted average going-in cap rate of approximately 6.31% and will add roughly 449,000 square feet of incremental GLA to the portfolio. With respect to previously announced investments, we spent $14.2 million in the third quarter and completed the previously disclosed vend of an existing Canadian Tire Store and Canadian Tire Gas Plus Gas Bar in Trenton, Ontario, and the development of a freestanding BMO bank branch pad in Medicine Hat, Alberta, which added approximately 75,000 square feet of incremental GLA. In the quarter, we also completed agreements with CTC to extend six Canadian Tire store leases in conjunction with future plans to invest in these locations through Canadian Tire store intensification projects. At the end of the third quarter, CTRE had 30 properties that were at various stages of development. As Ken mentioned in his opening remarks, these projects represent a total committed investment of approximately $300 million upon completion, 71 million of which has already been spent, and 96 million of which we anticipate will be spent in the next 12 months. Furthermore, these projects will add total incremental gross leasable area of approximately 1 million square feet to the portfolio, 96% of which has been pre-leased. Our portfolio remains in a strong position with CTREIT's occupancy rate at 99.3% as of September 30th, 2021, which was slightly above the occupancy levels in Q3 2020, as well as the prior quarter. And with that, I will turn it over to Leslie to review our financial results.
4: Thanks, Kevin, and good morning, everyone. Our strong results in the third quarter continue to demonstrate the underlying quality of our portfolio. Our rent collections for the third quarter remained stable at 99.7%, and again this quarter we recorded no bad debt expense. In the quarter, we reported AFFO per unit on a diluted basis of 27.9 cents, an increase of 6.5% compared to Q3 of 2020. Additionally, diluted FFO per unit increased by 4.3% to 31.2 cents compared to 29.9 million in Q3 of 2020. Reported net operating income was 100.8 million, an increase of 5.9% or 5.7 million in the quarter compared to Q3 2020. The main contributors to growth were the rent escalations in the CTC banner leases, which contributed $1.6 million, as well as the acquisition of income producing properties completed in 2021 and 2020, which contributed a further 1.8 million to NOI growth. Compared to Q3 2020, same store NOI increased by 3.5% or 3.3 million, and same property NOI increased by 3.6 million, sorry, 3.6% or 3.4 million primarily due to increased revenue derived from contractual rent escalations, improved tenant recoveries, and lower credit loss provisions. Adjusted G&A expenses as a percent of property revenue were 2.4% for the quarter, which was in line with the 2.5% for Q2 2021. The REAP recorded a fair value increase of $5.8 million on our investment properties for the third quarter of 2021. The increase in the fair value adjustment on investment properties was mainly driven by contractual rent escalations. Our ASFO payout improved slightly compared to the same period in 2020 to 75.3%. Turning to the balance sheet briefly, there's also been continued improvement in our debt metrics, with the interest coverage ratio increasing to 3.76 times in Q3 compared to 3.6 times for the third quarter of 2020 the increase in interest coverage ratio is primarily due to continued steady growth of net operating and income. CT REIT's indebtedness ratio has also improved and was 41.1% as of September 30, 2021, compared to 42.9% a quarter ago. The decrease was primarily due to the growth from the fair value adjustments and the REIT's 2021 acquisition intensification and development activities, along with a slight reduction in total indebtedness. In addition, with our bank credit facility now extended to 2026 and $294 million available through our committed credit facility and $7 million of cash on hand, we continue to maintain liquid position. And with that, I will turn this call back to the operator for any questions.
1: Thank you. At this time, I would like to remind everyone in order to ask a question, please press star, then the number one on your delefo- telephone keypad. We'll pause for just a moment to compile the Q&A roster. Our first question is from Himanshu Gupta with Bank. Please go ahead. Thank
5: you, and good morning. Good morning. Uh, so just looking at the investment activity, uh, the Walmart Supercenter, uh, so what was the rationale for this investment? Uh, I mean, I don't remember you buying uh, Walmart Supercenter, so is that something you can consider in the future as well for expansion?
3: Uh, thanks for the question, Himanshu. Um, yes, this would be our first acquisition of a Walmart. I would describe it as an opportunistic buy that fits with our net lease portfolio strategy. Obviously, Walmart being a great investment grade tenant. um, We're very comfortable with the real estate. Um, uh, There's a Canadian tire in that node in a third party owned uh, asset. So, um, yeah, I think it's just, uh, you know, we we liked the property, we we, we liked uh, the deal, and uh, it fit the strategy.
5: And uh, can you, uh, you know, disclose the cap rate on this, uh, you know, specifically for the Walmart? And what was the lease term on this asset?
3: Um, we 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 wouldn't disclose the specific cap rate. I would just say it would be um, higher than our average going in yield for most uh, projects. There's a little less rent growth associated with this asset, so on an IRR basis, it would be uh, comparable to uh, say our Canadian tire deals. And there are. Uh, there's five years left on the Walmart lease.
5: Awesome. That's that's great. Uh, so thanks for the color there. And then, uh, you know, looking at the total investments, uh, $110 million, how will that be financed? Like, uh, do you know how much equity will be issued and if you're issuing any Class C debt as well?
4: Himanshiwi, um, it's Leslie. Uh, You know, we will take a look at that. I mean, where we are right now, in sort of the low 40s percent in terms of leverage, is is, uh, sort of where we'll be. So we'll be financing that sort of overdue course um, with with sort of a similar mix of debt and equity. Um, For that, uh, it's perhaps more unlikely to finance it through Class C's. Um, Things from Canadian Tire were more likely to finance through Class B units, Um, but otherwise, uh, it'll be financed with our sort of a more typical mix of um,
5: Sorry, okay, uh, and maybe the final question, uh, you know, back to the investment activity, uh, to uh, new acquisition of Canadian ISOs from third party. Uh, just wondering, was this a competitive process, or was it like an off-market transaction?
3: Uh, it was off-market. Awesome.
5: Okay, thank you. I'll, I'll turn it back.
3: Thank
2: you. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Our next question is from Shmaya Said with CIBC. Please go ahead. Thanks. Good morning. Good morning. Um, just following up on,
4: on the Walmart um, Anchorage Center this quarter, just strategically wondering what's the REIT's appetite of doing it on uh, a portfolio basis or something that's a bit bigger than a, than a one-off uh, asset?
3: Um, we would absolutely consider it. I mean, it, it sort of follows the same logic uh, for this asset or any other deal we've done that's uh, un-Canadian Tire-related uh, where, you know, right time, right place, right price, um, you know uh, what we really like about the slate of investments we announced this quarter is uh, the diversity and the type that really highlights our strategy you know there's there's third party net lease stuff, there's Canadian tire consolidation from third parties, there's Canadian tire store expansions of vend in so it really shows the breadth of um, the available opportunities out there um, so yes, absolutely we would consider it
4: okay. Um, and I guess the REIT's been progressing while well, consolidating the Canadian Tire store number, but just any thoughts on consolidating the Canadian Tire industrial facilities? I mean, obviously pricing is uh, lofty in most markets, but just curious if you've looked at it and thought about it.
3: Uh, we've absolutely looked at it. We've absolutely thought about it. Just to remind uh, our listeners, um, we do have a, a healthy amount of industrial property at least the Canadian Tire within the portfolio. It would be about 15% of our gross leasable area. Um, there is some of it out there um, owned by third parties, and we would absolutely consider looking at those investments as well.
1: Okay. Uh, that's all from me. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question is from Pammy Burr with the RBC Capital Markets. Please go ahead.
6: Thanks and uh, good morning. Just uh, with respect to the Walmart acquisition, you mentioned I think there's there's five years left on the lease. Um, c- can you just comment? Does does that renewal uh, or, or does that does Walmart have a fixed rate renewal option or uh, at flat rent or market rent? Any color you can provide there?
3: Uh, they have many fixed year fixed rate uh, options to extend.
6: And and sorry, at at the same in place rent. Yes. Okay. And I'm just curious, are you seeing more, um, you know, Walmart-type acquisitions in the market? And and is there anything else in your pipeline at the moment from a Walmart standpoint?
3: Uh, Nothing specific to Walmart. I would say there is a lot uh, available out there right now. I mean, we've seen generally as it relates to the investment market, what's shaping up to be a, uh, I think, a record year. uh, Retail volumes are way up. um, And uh, I think net lease, and grocery is clearly where people's interests lie. So um, certainly um, a good amount of transactions we're seeing taking place in the market, especially over the last quarter or two, um, and I think there's opportunities out there that uh, bear consideration.
6: Got it. Um, just with respect to the Canadian Tire, the store lease extensions, can you comment on, on those particular extensions and any changes to the rents or, or the annual escalators in those uh in those uh, leases
3: Um, similar to the lease extensions we've announced so far the you know to date we've been able to uh, stay on the same rhyme pattern where the uh, annual lease extent escalations which have averaged one and a half percent continue on in the extension term Uh, for those six properties we took uh, a portfolio that had a weighted average lease term of about six years and extended it to roughly 14 years so um, again in conjunction with store expansions where It's a win-win for both parties and uh, certainly
2: uh, furthers
3: our agenda to focus on our weighted average lease term and keeping it as long as possible.
6: Got it. Um, You you are seeing a a number of Canadian tower expansions in the portfolio. Can you just maybe talk about the future expansion opportunities in the portfolio perhaps that haven't been identified and if it's possible to maybe quantify that longer term opportunity?
3: I'm not sure I can quantify it. Um, I would suggest there are still a great many uh, number of opportunities. Uh, clearly, the store has to uh, have a certain level of productivity for Canadian Tire to consider the requirement for more space. Um, you know, there has to be a the adjacent land to to make the building bigger. Um, but within our portfolio, um, we're pretty confident that there's quite a bit of runway uh, for more of these.
6: And is it? You know, I guess just extending that, is it fair to say that, you know, their their space needs are perhaps increasing in terms of maybe how the stores are laid out as opposed to shrink like any, um, I guess, risk of shrinkage of perhaps the, the store uh, size or even uh, the store count?
3: Uh, yeah I mean Canadian tire would certainly be better positioned to comment on that, but I think what we've been seeing is uh, a desire for more uh, space to showroom more of their product assortment uh, as well as increasing space requirements for the the warehouse portion of the stores. So um, I think it's the combination of those two things that's really driving the need for uh, more space and uh, and the store expansion projects that we've been announcing.
6: Got it. Um, just maybe one last one for me. Can you remind us? You know, how many properties are perhaps left up at Canadian Tower that they still own and, you know, what the potential, the vend-in opportunities might look like over the next call at 12 months?
3: Um, I would say there's plus or minus 20 properties that sort of fit our criteria uh, and we would consider vending in. Uh, I can't really speak to the pipeline over the next 12 months, though, um, at this time.
6: Great. Thanks. I will uh, turn it back.
1: Thank you. Our next question is from Tal Woolley with National Bank Financial. Please go ahead.
7: Hey. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Um, <clears throat> just wondering, you had sort of two, two distribution increases this year. Um, when do you think the board looks at maybe touching the distribution again given that the payout ratio is now in the mid-70s? Uh,
4: um, we We do talk to the board every quarter about the the payout and, and distribution increases, so it's a regular topic of conversation. Um, and uh, you know we, we will be talking to it every quarter going forward. So you know the, the we continue to see growth in our uh, you know our, in our results, et cetera, and want to keep the payout ratio where it is. Um, you know those uh, those discussions uh, you know may lead to future increases, but um, don't have any information on timing.
7: Okay. And then, um, you know, Ken, before, you know, I'd say you guys have been somewhat unique among the retail REITs in that, you know, you haven't chosen to pursue a lot of mixed-use development. You've obviously got some stuff on the horizon, but uh, certainly not as robust a program. And, you know, you sort of had spoken in the past that maybe um, the timing wasn't right to do it or, you know, the economics weren't there for you. Uh, You know, a lot has changed, obviously, through the course of the pandemic. How are you thinking about um, some of the mixed-use opportunities on your sites now?
2: Um, Tal, I think it's, you know, I've I've always had the perspective that, you know, we weren't under the gun to reach for higher-risk endeavors given, you know, the nature of our portfolio and the sources of our growth, and that's certainly been borne out in our results. Um, Having said that, though, you can't ignore the fact that We've got great real estate uh, in some great markets with um, great potential to, to surface value. So I, I still view it as a longer-term opportunity. Um, but having said that, we are starting uh, to proceed on um, the entitlement process uh, on a number of sites in, uh, in the portfolio. Uh,
7: are you able to uh, disclose like, how many um, you're working on right now to increase the zoning density? I
2: think, I think we'd probably give you a little bit more direction and disclosure once we've actually submitted some applications and move forward on those. I think it's, uh, I mean, suffice it to say that we're, we're starting to, to look to these opportunities, but again, I would view them more as, as longer term uh, opportunities to, to create value within the portfolio, but there's no, there's no doubting that those opportunities exist.
7: Okay, and then uh, just lastly, uh, you know, you keep, you continue to work your leverage down. Um, you know, it's among the lowest of the group, and I'm just wondering, uh, you know, is that is that the goal to keep it at this level? Because I mean, I, there are you know, you could certainly make an argument that you know you could look at buying back stock, you could look at other things um, to try and uh, increase your ROEs if you wanted to. I'm just I'm just curious where, you know, if, if there's been any sort of thought given to the cap structure over the longer haul.
4: Uh, Tal, um, you know, we're you know, where the leverage is, um, you know, there, there's not a specific target we're, we're aiming to right now. Um, I think it's sort of the, the low 40s where we are. I mean, we could flow a little bit, um, you know, here and there. Obviously, with the acquisitions we've just announced, you know, completely before year end, assuming we finance those on the line, and credit leverage will go up a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, we're at, at this point, you know, not looking at some of those other other metrics. Um, you know, happy to, to keep, you know, the float up and do other things like that. That's something we worked on in the last few years. So, you know, our, uh, we're not as interested in it perhaps right now in sort of share buybacks. Um, we think there's more opportunity to keep growing the portfolio and, um, you know, leverage maybe around a little bit here. And, you know, we are very fortunate with the the, you know, quality of the sort of the income stream, that yes, it could be a little bit higher. Um, and, uh, you know, we'd still be very comfortable with that. But um, we're happy to uh, continue to have the leverage at the sort of lower end of the peer group.
7: Okay. That's great. Thanks, people.
4: Thanks, everyone. Thank you.
1: Thank you. My next question is from Jenny Ma with BMO Capital Markets. Please go ahead.
4: Thank you. And good morning. Good
1: morning. morning.
4: So I'm looking at the investment uh, volume for this quarter of $110 million and also the development pipeline sitting at about 300000000 million. I'm wondering if you could you know, talk us through uh, you know, if that number represents anything. You know, $110 million is, uh, is a record on a quarterly basis. Is that just you know, a, a function of what you've seen in the market and, and it's um, consistent with the activity you've been doing? Or can we sort of look at these numbers as a bit of um, an acceleration in your growth strategy? Um, in terms of you taking advantage of maybe a lower cost of capital and, and also market conditions?
3: Uh, hey, Jenny, it's Kevin. Um, you know, I think, I don't know, if maybe three or four quarters ago, we we described, you know, um, coming out of the resiliency uh, within our portfolio, um, our ability to pivot from defense to offense uh, and look for opportunities in the market that, that are a clear fit with our strategy. Um, I think this set of announcements is, is, the fruit that was born from from that pivot. Um, so I, I think, uh, I wouldn't say it's representative of anything. We're obviously very pleased with it. Um, and uh, we hope, you know, um, with our growth mindset in in, in place, we'll, uh, we'll have a nice pipeline uh, in future quarters as
4: well. Okay, great. Um, so when you're sitting at about $300 million on the development, um, you know, is there room for much more that you'd be comfortable with? Or is that sort of where it kind of tops out give or take, uh, call it, I don't know, 10% on the 300 million.
3: Um, I, I think we feel very comfortable with the, you know, uh, the, the type of development that's embedded in that 300 million. I mean, it's all pre-leased. It's all, a lot of it, if not almost all of it, is to Canadian Tire, so um, we would consider it quite low risk. Um, mm-hmm. so, so I think we certainly have um, the risk appetite to continue adding to the pipeline.
4: Okay, great, that's helpful. Um, and then my last question is, is probably for Leslie. There were some recovery adjustments that um, that were marked in NOI and, and certainly helped with the same property growth. Can you sort of talk us through those and, and whether or not you would expect them to be uh, occurring or is it one time adjustments? Um, it's not really one time, Jenny. Um, what we're finding is uh, through the pandemic is some of our operating costs actually um, at the properties of we were sort of in 2020 quite mindful of spending money and, and we're being judicious in what we're spending. Um, but with some of the you know, you know, further restrictions and things were going on, the some of the operating costs at some of our properties have actually gone down. And um, we have a, a number of properties that have what I would describe like semi-gross leases where they have um, you know some caps on costs. So What's happening is when we have um, some decrease in our operating costs, our recovery ratio is going up, and so that's actually adding to our NOI in the quarter, improving it. Um, and so uh, that, that is what we've seen a little bit of. Um, you know, some of the expenses we have are a little bit more seasonal in nature. You know, if we think of some of our larger expenses are snow and that type of thing, which, which are not in Q3. Um, so as our expenses ramp up, um, you know, that's not necessarily going to maybe continue as favorably. Uh, but I think if, you look, if we look on a year, like whole year over year basis, they're they're more consistent. But maybe uh, maybe they're showing us a little bit more positive in the current quarter. Okay, so given that it's some residual sort of pandemic related adjustments, is it fair to expect that they might still be a factor maybe for the next couple of quarters and then it starts to taper off? Uh, yeah, h- hard to say. I, I think some of the other sort of seasonality to some of the the expenses are going to sort of come to play into. Into a little bit into Q4 and definitely through the first quarter of next year.
1: It's pretty small, though, Jenny. Okay, great. That's all for me. Thank you. Thank you. And once again, please press star 1 at this time if you have a question. And our next question is from Sam Damiani with TD Securities. Please go ahead.
8: Thanks. Good morning, everyone. Um, maybe just to start off with the uh, small occupancy uptick that uh, the Reed experienced this quarter. Any particular uh, tenant, tenant category that, that drove that? Um, we, uh,
3: we did announce that um, small bank pad that we developed um, in Alberta, uh, which helped. We had some, some CRU um, leasing as well in the quarter. Um, there was a small uptick also related to some temporary tenancies in some of our enclosed mall, which I would say are seasonal in nature, so um, those were sort of the main drivers
8: okay and then looking over to Aurelia mall, um, you know the availability there is still around thirty thirty five thousand square feet. I know that space isn 't quite ready yet, but uh it, what what are the prospects for getting that leased up in the in the near term
3: um I would say they're they're good. Uh, we're working with one tenant uh, for about a third of that space right now, um, and then it's just a matter of um, you know some of the the prospects we had uh, that we uh, in terms of the use types uh, we were looking at for for the balance of the space um, pre-pandemic. We're sort of humming and hawing as as to whether or not we want to continue on uh, you know uh, from a property strategy perspective uh, with those uses. So. Um, we went back to the drawing board to see, uh, again, who was out there. And um, it, it'll take a little time to lease, I think, Sam, but, um, but uh, with the new Canadian Tire Store doing as well as it is and the grocery store there, and uh, we're bringing Mark's and Sport Check, uh, to the property there under construction now, I think uh, that'll only help.
8: Okay, that's great. And then over to um, uh, Canada Square, uh, you know, any updates on the timing uh, for, for that to, uh, to get really going?
2: Um, hi, Sam. It's Ken. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give you a bit of an update. No real changes um, on, uh, on the timing. Um, there's no update from MetroLink on the completion date for the LRT. So, you know, we're still targeting uh, a 2023 construction start date. Um, we are making good progress on, uh, on the municipal side of things. Um, you know, given the size and importance of the site and, uh, and its plan, you know, connections to public transit. Um, the The development application has gone through a public process I would describe as above and beyond uh, the statutory requirement. Um, the feedback and input from the community community has been really uh, thoughtful, and um, and with the benefit of that, uh, Oxford and uh, and the city are proceeding to uh, to the next steps of the process. So. Um, i'm I'm pleased with uh, with how things are moving forward
8: all right last one for me is is over in brampton any update on on the uh, sort of timing of of kickstarting that redevelopment uh, is is tyre still using that uh, the, the the old site there and and I guess any updates would be would be of interest uh,
3: so Canadian Tyre is still using the property uh they actually it was decommissioned and then recommissioned uh, over the last uh, Year or two, uh, just based on the, um, I guess, supply chain requirements of the business. Um, as Ken mentioned, there's some, you know, uh, properties uh, both in our portfolio and Canadian Tire's portfolio where we are working to advance municipal applications. Uh, this would be one of them as well. We haven't yet uh, made that application, um, but it would be for a uh, industrial redevelopment. Um, timing is still uh, somewhat uncertain, both in terms of when the application will be ready to submit and how long it will take to get approved, and ultimately Canadian Tire's uh, ongoing needs for the space. So um, that's where we're at, um, and as we know more or as we make uh, any submissions, we'll, we'll uh, be happy to talk about it further.
8: That's great. Thanks so much. That was very helpful, and uh, congrats on the great quarter.
3: Thank you very much. Thank you.
1: Thank you. As there are no further questions at this time, I will turn the call over to Ken Silver, CEO, for any closing remarks. Thank
2: you, everybody. Uh, Wishing you a a good day and happy holiday season, and uh, we'll talk to you in February.
1: Thank you. This concludes today's call. You may now disconnect.
0: Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.